Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Onside Chicks. I'm your host, Haley Chikoski, and I'm here with Jordan Arard Coupe. And there is some, a lot going on. Yeah, there's actually a lot going on. It's honestly super concerning. Um, my well being, I'm not doing very well at handling any of it. Um, when I ask for drama, um, this isn't what we mean. This, yeah, this is not yeah. the kind of stuff. I mean, and obviously we're referring to everything that broke this morning um, in regards to Richard Sherman. And there is still a lot of big question marks. Things just keep kind of slowly, gradually coming out, but kind of explain the major headlines and the timeline that we know right now. Yeah. So what we know is that Richard Sherman was arrested for... <sighs> burglary domestic violence which sounds we'll get into like yeah, what actually happened and yeah. like what it what the misconceptions are but essentially he was arrested for that he was denied bail so he's still there until he gets in front of a judge and then there's also news that he was he's being investigated for basically drunk driving hit and run um fleeing the scene all of that so it's there's a lot yeah, um, and very out of character for Richard Sherman. So it's a whole situation that we have to dive into. But I, I guess like the interesting thing and Pat McAfee brought this up is it's interesting because he's very much on an island, right? Like he represents himself, which was a big storyline over the past couple of seasons. He doesn't have a PR firm, an agent really going out there and getting ahead of the story um putting out like well-formulated statements there really hasn't been a statement outside of his wife and then his manager saying that they really have like no info on it um but we often see like especially with like deshaun watson and that story still developing like we've seen in a lot of these situations how these agents get ahead of it and they're able to control the story and so the leak of information is very planned and formulated and in, in a way that's very um I would say like fan friendly as much as it can be. And this situation was just not really that way. No. It was very much like kind of all over the place. The news came out and then now there's a lot of trying to figure out what actually happened. So I don't know. I mean, I'm very shocked by this. I think we both are. Yeah, no, it definitely, I was, when I, I was heartbroken, especially like reading the major headlines it sounded very, very intense, and I'm not diminishing the situation at all, but now the more we've heard hearing his wife speak out about it, hearing the 911 calls, it's made me feel slightly better about the whole thing. It's still a very scary situation, and we can dive into it. Basically, like Kaylee mm -hmm. already said, he was He's being investigated for burglary and domestic violence, which is a felony charge. Yeah. Like, like this yeah. is no joke. That is what he is being held for. So when the headline comes out, burglary, do domestic violence, denied bail. I'm in the middle of Walmart buying throw pillows and I'm just immediately panicking because I'm like, what is happening to Richard? Like, what is going on? I didn't know who was involved. I didn't know what I know. He has wife and children. I didn't know any of the details. So I'm just immediately heartbroken and upset about it. What we know now, it was his in-laws, his wife's parents. Nobody was injured in the incident. He was outside. Mm -hmm. They called 911. And anybody in this situation, they are immediately denied bail until they can be seen by a judge. It's standard procedure. Right. So right. it sounds very scary, but when you break it down and when you hear the family kind of explain it, when you hear the wife defending him, even though it's her own parents, it, it does kind of 
eliminate some of the fears and it kind of just gets like, how did we get here and why did it happen? And where do we go from here kind of thing? Right. Yeah. It, and that's the whole thing is it, like you said, in Washington state, no one who gets charged with domestic violence or domestic violence related crime is allowed bail. Right. So that's, it's, it's a little more dramatic uh, in the headlines than it is in real life. But again, it's just, it's, it's just weird. so out of character. It's so out of character. I it's also Richard Sherman as like the class act, the leader, the mentor, yeah. someone who kind of just shows up and honestly is an example. So yeah. never, no history of trouble. Like he's not, he's not a troublemaker. So for this to just kind of all come out at once and the way it was staggered and it was like one headline here and then all of a sudden the hit and run, which we'll get into, it, yeah. it was, it was just a lot happening at once. And it felt like, like everything I knew of Richard Sherman was crumbling and I kind of have to take a step back and read everything and process it all. Yeah. A very weird situation too coming in. And we talked about him last week about you know, the biggest names in the free agency market still yes. leading up to the season. And we talked about him and, and we were speaking very highly of him on what he deserved as a veteran, as a leader in the space. And it just seems weird that when you're looking for that deal, you're a free agent. It's also strange because typically a team comes out with a statement, but he has no team here to make a statement, no team to meet with him and discuss the situation or give any sort of context or clarity around it in an organized yeah. manner. So it is, it's very strange. It's very unique. And honestly, that's 32, you know, front offices that are very glad that they don't have to put out a statement about it um, for sure. But at the same time, very interesting, very weird um, and a weird time for it to be happening. But, but yeah, so the, the hit and run situation was essentially he is believed to be under the influence. They, a, they obtained a warrant for a blood sample. So that's mm -hmm. being tested. Um, and he's expected to see a judge tomorrow for the domestic violence charge. Uh, so he could be out as early as tomorrow. We just have no clue how that's going to unfold or what's going to happen. But yeah, this hit and run situation, again, very out of character. Like just yes. not something that you would ever think he would do. And like, so driving under the influence, I think they said that he drank two full bottles of liquor. So Which that would end my life. I would be dead. Yeah. Me, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be alive. I'm drunk on two beers. Right. So the thought of him consuming, to, like that's, that's extreme. Yeah. It's crazy. And then like, when you look at these news articles, it's wild because, and I have one pulled up, which is why I'm bringing it up. But the related articles that are sorted by just like Richard Sherman, right? It's like, donates more than $7,000 to help eradicate lunch debt for middle schoolers. It's like all of these things are just so... Yes, he is a VP of the NFL Players Association, their right. executive committee. Like this is, it's it's really mind boggling. And the timeline of how everything happened. So basically the hit and run, which I, me and Kaylee were talking about this before the show. I see Richard Sherman associated with a hit and run after yeah. this domestic violence charge comes out. I'm thinking, oh my God, he hit someone with his car. He injured or killed someone <laughs> and then went and tried to break into a family home. Like yeah. I'm like thinking the worst and it's, yeah. it's bad. It's very bad, but the hit and run, it was property. Wasn't it like a state transportation vehicle that he hit? 
I think so. And there was also talk of like a cement median type of thing. So yeah. more property damage, property damage than anything else. Yes. He also sustained injuries, minor, and so did the police officer that was there to arrest him for the domestic violence charge. So there's a lot of factors in this whole thing and a lot of things that are going to contribute to what happens once he sees a judge um because it's not so clear-cut and we don't know the situation all we know is that it he showed up and was aggressive and and you know they called the police and i think and and that's it'll unfold we're so early in the situation obviously it happened like early early this morning like two o'clock in the morning so we still don't know any details and like i mentioned like he has no agent there's no team speaking on his behalf so there's a lot of things that like we just don't know that maybe we would normally know from an official source. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of articles speculating things based on rumor or just what's been leaked out to the public so far. But I don't know. It's it's, it's upsetting for sure because I think there's not a lot of veterans left in this league that we really believe in both athletically and personally as people to be leaders to the younger generation coming up. So it's a little unfortunate that this happened with him. That's because we are in that. And this is really, obviously, I've seen veteran guys that we love retire. But this is the first time in my life that I've really experienced like a full on passing of the torch. Like every mainly for the most part, all the guys that I've grown up with are almost out of the league or pushing it. So we're getting this new wave, like the next generation, Gen Z of the NFL, as we said last week. Um, and like you said, he's one of those veteran guys. That's just so well-respected. He's kind of a staple within the league. And we talked about it last week about, yes, he's up there in age, but he's one of those guys that deserves to be on a team and deserves a good farewell. And now with all of this, that's definitely going to throw a wrench into things. And we can get into that a little bit more in a little bit, but yeah, the timeline of everything, he's belligerent drunk goes on a hit and run. The reason it's also classified as a hit and run is because he abandoned the vehicle. So then shows up at his in-laws home. Police are called. It's just a ripple. And now we're kind of left to process it and just sit back and wait for more information. But using that kind of as a segue, he is still a free agent. And last week... Yeah. I would have been 100% convinced that he was going to end up on a team. Now all of this comes out. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think there's a chance he's he just retires after this and is done? Do we think we ever see Richard Sherman play again? Look, I think this is... Of all the things that we've dealt with that are similar to this situation, arrests and accusations, this, and again, we're not excusing... The behavior, it's not great, it's not good, it's bad. Um, it's not the most condemning of a person's character that has been out in the league and, and these stories that have come out. And, and I think if some of these guys that we've seen be reinstated or just serve suspensions or whatever, if we've seen all that happen with guys who've committed, in my opinion, more heinous offenses and more directly volatile offenses i think he should be given that chance and for all the good that he's done to the league and all these things but then again he's also a free agent he's an older veteran he's had a really successful career so 
naturally you could retire, but do you want to retire on that note? Right? Like, do you want that to be the way you go out? And we were talking last week, like, let's pay him, let's get him a bag, let's let him lead a new generation and let's get him out in the best possible way. And now I don't know if that's possible, but this news comes on the heels of all these articles like, oh, we think he's going to make a return to the Seahawks. And like, we think he's back in Seattle. And we were reading those articles yesterday. You know what I mean? Like that was news yesterday. So it's it's um, kind of up in the air. I, I'll be interested to see how it unfolds tomorrow, specifically if he does have that hearing with the judge. And then Friday, probably more information will come out. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does not play in 2021. Now, I don't know that he'll not come back if that's the case, but I think he strikes me as a person that looks at this whole situation and maybe says, like, I need to work on myself, less Mm -hmm. of football, Um, but maybe not a full retirement. I don't know. What do you think? I, I pretty much agree with everything that you just said. All he has to do is, one, get out of jail then he has to work with somebody and issue a statement if i hear richard sherman come out and say i know how wrong this was and if he acknowledges where he went wrong if and there's no defending it but we're all human people make mistakes we have downfalls he didn't go out and kill anybody he was belligerently drunk and acted insane they got him into jail he's done his time for, like he's not done his time, but he's cooled down. Like we can, we, he can process everything that went wrong. And I think if he can come out and say, I understand what I did wrong and here's what I have to do to fix it. I trust him to fix it. And I trust him to not fall off the rails. Like, like you said, he is the type that would sit back and I think would personally reflect on himself. And I think he would take all the blame. And I think it's going to be up to him whether he wants to come back this year or not because I think if he sat down and spoke with any team and said listen this was out of character for me I don't know how I got here or maybe he can tell them I was going through a rough patch this is exactly how I got here this is all we don't know what's going on behind closed doors but if he sat down with an organization and could admit his faults and say I'm a man true to my word and I will be a good team player for you that's someone I would trust so I don't think it's off the table, but I do think it's going to come down to honestly him of whether he wants to take the step forward or not that he might be done for forever, but if he's just not ready to come back right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think we'll see it unfold and we'll know a little bit more um, specifically next week, but I don't know. I, I'm hoping for the best. And I hate to say that because I know, obviously, I, I don't want to excuse behavior. But at the same time, like, I think he's earned the right to be to to get more context. Right. Like he has. I think we have lost Kaylee. So I am going to take over on this little split screen until we can get her back. There we, we go. go. I got it. Um, <laughs> I think he's earned the right to be, to just for it to be looked at, right? Like for no assumptions to be made. And that's why I do, I want people to read the articles, right? Because like we mentioned, when you see the headlines, you think he hit somebody, killed somebody, ran away, ditched his car, and then went and beat up his wife, right? Like that's what the headline tells you. And that's that's literally how it sounds. Yeah. And that's not at all what happened. So it is very much like, 
let's wait for some context before we throw some judgment. And I, and I don't, I want to say everyone deserves that, but I think it, to some extent, some players have become repeat offenders. They become people that we know, you know, when you hear something, you're kind of like, ah, oh, okay. That you're makes not sense. Surprised. Um, right. And I think he's not one of those people. And I think everyone's a little shocked right now. So I just want some more context, but on that note, do we want to talk franchise tag extension deadline? Yes, let's let's make a move. So that's all we know about Richard Sherman for the time being. We can sit here and speculate all night about what we think happened, what led to it, what's going to happen. But until more news comes out, there really isn't anything more we can say. But what we do know is tomorrow, July 15th, that's the deadline for all the franchise tag guys um, to extend and get a long-term deal within their organization. So there are some big names. And they're all, they're all in very different positions and yet all in a very similar position in the same sense. Um, Alan Robinson, Chris Godwin, Marcus May, Cam Robinson, they're the big names right now that got the tag and don't seem to be in the next 12 hours. Doesn't seem like any big deals are being made. No. I think the one that hurts me the most with this is Alan Robinson. Yeah, because we've said it before. The Bears have trapped him. They trapped him this season. And I wish they would just open up a dump truck of money and bury mm -hmm. him in it. And it's like, sorry, we got you stuck here. Sorry, Andy Dalton is your QB one. We got Justin Fields. We'll work with you and him when we can. But just take all of our money and yeah. do the best that you can, because that's what you deserve. Yeah. And I have mixed feelings about this one because Alan Robinson near and dear to my heart, as you know, but it like, I can't decide if a deal benefits him or not, right? Because when you look at the team, from the team perspective, of course, this benefits them, right? Because you look at it. And right now you're paying him almost $18 million just in 2021, because franchise tags come off the books, come off the cap all in one year, right? You don't get to do what the Bucks did and, and prorate for the next 10 years down the line and kind yeah. of screw yourselves over you, you only get that one year. And that's a large cap hit going into 2021, which already has a very low salary cap. Right. Yeah. And now you look ahead to 2022 and we know that's going to be wildly higher. We know they're going to have a lot more money to play with. They're going to be able to be a little more flexible with some of these guys and really get top talent and be able to kind of play with those numbers a little bit more. So you would think that they would want to sign him and then prorate his bonus, prorate his base and, and do all that down the line and say, you know what, like we want to keep you. And like you said, you've got Justin Fields, right? So you want to have that established connection. You want to build that down the line. If Justin Fields is your franchise quarterback, which I would hope you're planning that, just yeah. based, but we don't know. It's the Bears. Like, who knows? But at the same time, if you're planning for him to be your franchise quarterback, you need a franchise wide receiver to pair with him to help him grow in that role. And we've seen that be really successful for rookie quarterbacks as they come in. It's having that go-to guy. And so I I but I don't know that it benefits Allen Robinson, right? Because if you are locked in you're locked in. Yeah. So you're and and what he's experienced in Chicago, I'm not I'm not confident that he one is very pumped about being there still. Yeah. Or two is even looking for that long-term solution and maybe that's why it hasn't happened, but I if he it doesn't matter regardless, he's going to make 
bank next year, yep. even if it's not with the Bears, right? Because, yep. and I think he's going to benefit from the situation regardless. Either you make 18 million this year and then you get a huge deal next year because you're probably going to ball out. You've had consistent seasons where you're this top player. He's fourth in the NFL in receiving yards behind Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey, and DeAndre Hopkins. And when you look at those quarterback situations, it's not even a comparison, yeah. right? They're sitting in a much better situation. So it, it it's very shocking that they didn't get it done. But I, I almost think that it might be more on him yeah. not wanting to stay in Chicago for three to four years. So I don't know. I, it's, That's I love fair. Him. I think yeah. I just got excited. Now, obviously, they're not naming Justin Fields their QB1 for reasons. I mean, I get it. You want to sit the rookie, but you're sitting the rookie behind Andy Dalton, which is a QB2 himself. So it, it doesn't make really any logical sense to me, but it's the Bears, so I don't know what I was really expecting. But yeah. in my mind, I have a feeling Justin Fields will be starting by week three, week four. They're going to throw Andy Dalton out there. I think it's going to be a hot mess, and then they're going to put him in. Not that Justin Fields is going to come out and be this stud from day one, but I really think he is their best option. And I am so for some in certain situations letting the rookies get out there and kind of be thrown into the fire. That's a good way to learn, especially when you don't have a strong vet to sit behind. It's not like you're learning from the best of the best. Right. Um, so in my mind, I was kind of thinking you have Justin Fields. If you can work on making him your long-term guy, build that connection with him and Allen Robinson, that could be lethal, but you're probably right. Like Allen Robinson is probably sick of Chicago, which I absolutely don't blame him for. No. Um, there's, there's nothing that really should excite him. Um, he shouldn't trust them either. So we'll see what happens, but there's still a lot of big names. We mentioned the Buccaneers yep. and they have brought back, they've done the impossible for this <laughs> year and this year alone. Let's yes. make that very clear. And this is what, yeah. And this is what we talk about where you're borrowing against future years, yep. which is going to work out because the cap's going to go up. But this team is going to look so different next year and the season after. So I try to tell Bucks fans this all the time. Like, don't get too attached to this because it's not going to be here for long. Yeah, no, they, they're doing the most to put Tom Brady and this, it sounds really morbid. I don't mean it <laughs> like word it this way, but like they're made it, making Tom Brady as comfortable as he can until he's done. Like he's literally, yeah. Like that's Correct. all we're doing. So it does sound morbid. It's like Tom Brady <laughs> is going to leave and we're doing everything he can to have him enjoy himself as much as possible until that happens. And yeah. there are going to be casualties along the way. They brought back all two 22 Super Bowl starters, um, they didn't fire a single member of their coaching staff. Front office also include like, it's nutty yeah. what they did, but it's not a long-term thing. And Chris Godwin, I think is going to be the first one that we see from that because he's riding out the franchise tag right now. And I think he's also pretty much all the guys on this team were like, we'll take a pay cut to kind of keep the band back together and try and make a run for the second year in a row. So Chris Godwin, he got the franchise tag. But there's no looks of a long tail long-term deal happening there. At least yeah. not this season. No. And I look, I am surprised. I mean, I guess franchise tag situations are that way, but I am a little surprised in general that 
he is here again, right? And I think it's just, it's part of their philosophy, like you said, bringing the band back together and, and coming in for a round two. But he is, I think you're right, not going to be there next year, if I had to guess. And just because, one, we've talked about this before, Tom Brady decides who scores, who plays, who is getting the ball, much more than the scheme, the the offensive plan, the coaches, all of that, right? And I think Chris Godwin last year and production and targets, and when you look at his overall con- contribution to that team in the season, way less than he's capable of and way less than he probably deserves at this point in his career for what he's been able to put on the board. So I would imagine he goes somewhere where he can really be like the guy. Right. And I think, and I think when you look at Tampa Bay, they have the pleasure of having a lot of people who are the guy, right? Like everyone's the guy, but when you are looking at money and how you get paid last year's production is not going to cut it for what he's actually worth. So I think that's kind of where there's a disconnect between him and the Buccaneers and you can love the Buccaneers. You can appreciate your time there and you can leave very graciously and in a way that's mutually beneficial and very much pleasant and not, not in with a bad taste in your mouth, but I don't see him staying. I I think that it's great that he's going to get, a pretty large paycheck this season, just being on that franchise tag in 2021. But, but yeah, I think like you're right. They're going for that last chance at a Super Bowl, and if they get it, Tom Brady is probably retiring, and then all those players that came there and want to be surrounded by Brady won't be there. And that's not to say that they're not going to retain people just on the culture they built because their coaching staff. We love to see it. It's diverse mm-hmm. in gender, in race. There's a lot of things to love about that organization and what culture they've built over 2021 and in the past couple of years too. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know that it's worth it for Chris Godwin. No. And going off of what you were saying, because that's exactly where my mind is going one for himself. He could easily be a top, I'm going to say top 20 receiver, yeah, like yeah. without question, maybe even more top 15. He's never going to get there on this team. So Right now, he is being the team player, and he is there for the fun of it and for the thrill, but but that's going to get old for him soon, especially when they also have Mike Evans. They got Antonio right. Brown. Like they, ha- like, they have so much depth on offense for targets. Um, And also, think about it. There are so many organizations that could use him and would give yep. him anything, and he could be – the number one, like that stud, he might be able to work his way into being a top five receiver on any other team that really needs him. And he would be their number one guy. So there's a lot of big questions. So I think he is going to enjoy this year. I don't think he has any bad, like he wanted this. He's totally fine with this. But I think after this year, especially if they don't win the Super Bowl or even get to the Super Bowl, which I'm kind of praying for, I think then it's going to (laughs) wear off. They're like on this high right now. And then he's going to be like, all right, let me be the star that I am. Right. Look, things are so fun. Things are so fun when you get all of these superstars together and you basically go and you you run the tables and, and you win the Super Bowl and it's this shock, but not really. And you get to play with Tom Brady. Like all of those things are so fun. Right, they're so fun. But the chances literally look like a Madden, like a create your own Madden team. Like just pick all your all the stars, and that's Buccaneers, and it's scary. It's scary, but it's also like when you look back on it, and I think this, and again, 
I think we're all wishing, like, we don't want to see repeat teams in the Super Bowl this year. I think we've kind of talked through that and mm-hmm. we're not here for it. But when you look back at what they did in the regular season and what they did in the postseason, there's significant weaknesses. And if you are paying attention and you're scheming against them and you're planning and you're watching film, you can beat them. They're not an unbeatable team. They do not look like the Kansas City Chiefs of 2019. Like, that's just not who they are. That's not who they are. They don't have all their regular season. Their defense was so weak. Their entire postseason, their defense stepped up and if it wasn't for that they definitely would have made it wouldn't have made it past washington to begin with which would have been fantastic but yeah i would have loved every second of it yeah like they they were never at one time a complete team so there's weaknesses there's opportunity now it just seems too good to be true to bring everybody back and do this entire like lovey-dovey we're just this happy family team we're going back and we're winning another super bowl then tom brady gets to retire and everyone's happy right like that just seems too good to be true we know how things work in the nfl Mm -hmm. it's the same thing that happened to the ravens when like yeah you get a player and you get other guys around him and you guys you run it right maybe it's not the same outcome it's not a super bowl win but it's surprising it's fresh it's something that the league needed and then the next year you don't know how to adjust from that and now you're in a weird, stale spot. So I think that's the thing, is if you don't win the Super Bowl, I think players are going to look, take a harder look at teams outside of the Buccaneers. But also now you've, you've traded everything. Like, right, you've, you've promised all this money, you've done all these things, and you just didn't get it done, right? Which, yeah. to be fair... The turnaround on getting a Super Bowl, super impressive, right? You don't need another one to validate the decisions you made over the past three years. You don't. But Chris Godwin, I don't know that there's enough skin in the game for him to where if they don't win the Super Bowl and if they don't bring a significant amount of their players back next year, I can't see why it's beneficial for him at all, honestly. Yeah. No, it's – and we're at the point in the league – and. This is something I fully support where players and not selfish in a bad way, but selfish and they want what's best for themselves. And I am so for it. I'm so Mm -hmm. for players. It's not just I'm on this organization and I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. Players have a say now and they can make the decisions and get themselves into situations that best suit them. And I'm so here for it because realistically, the happier players are, if they're where you want to be, if you're forming good relationships, that's the teams that are going to make it the farthest. Point yeah. blank. Yeah. So for Chris, it's he's going to reach that point where he's like, I'm having fun. However, I'm better than this. My numbers can be better than this if I'm on any other team in the NFL. So, yeah. and I, and there are going to be, I'm going to say m- way more than half of this league that would go after him, especially yeah. when salary cap, when everybody's got money through the roof and we're all flying. Like everyone is going to want Chris Godwin and people are going to give up a lot to get him. And he is going yeah. to get paid and get paid heavy. So and I'm we love worried that. about, yeah, we love it for him. I want that for him. And not just because I'm over Tampa, but <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want him to be the best that he can be. Agreed. All right. Let's talk about, Marcus May, because this situation is a little less cordial than the rest. Um, 
So he's also none of the people we're talking about are expected to reach long-term deals. Yeah. We'll just spo- spoiler there's alert. No, yeah, so wait, <laughs> there's nothing in nothing I've seen. No headline. No one is close to a deal. So tomorrow no. it's kind of just going to come and go. But yeah. these are the guys that could have, should have, maybe. But whatever. Nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah. So Joe Douglas back in May was like, "This is a priority, right? We want to get this guy signed. We want to get him. We want to keep him here." Apparently not enough of a priority because May's team put a final offer on the table and it was never responded to by the team. So then they took the offer off yeah. the table. They waited right? 48 so, hours. They waited yeah. two days and pulled. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. I look, I agree. I agree. I'm not, I'm not waiting. And, and I feel like that's the whole thing is it's not a priority because you didn't make it a priority. So he's unfollowed them on, what Twitter? Yeah, he doesn't That's follow them good. anymore. So we have this whole season, twenty twenty one. We're two weeks away from training camp. He yeah. doesn't even follow his own team on social media right now. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, we're not going to wake up and hear about a Marcus May long term contract. No, it's, no, it's and, not in the works. It's not. And like, so I was reading too that. Prior to him getting franchise tagged, there were a handful of other teams that offered him better deals, essentially. And then the Jets come back and they offer a deal that's 20% lower year over year than the tag. And it's like, why would he take a deal that's lower than the franchise tag? Yeah. When When he knows there are other teams that want him. Yeah. I'm like, it's the freaking Jets. Like, I know they're on the come up and that's great for them. but. It's kind of like the same thing as Allen Robinson in Chicago. Like he's probably just like, you're really not going to make me your priority after this. Like, come on. I'd be out the door so fast. I mean, same. And and I think that's, it's tough because you think about being a player where you try to make it work. You give a deal. They come back with something that's like not reasonable or they don't respond. And then you're like, well, dang, I should have taken all these other teams deals. And now you don't follow your team on social. You're obviously not on good terms. And then you go into a season where now you have to play for that team for the rest of the season. And it's not an ideal situation because now you've got a new quarterback coming in. You've got, you've just got all these factors where you're trying to rebuild this roster, but one of your leaders on defense is just not, not there mentally. Right. So I don't know. I, it's not a good. It's not a good situation. No. The rest, the rest of these situations are very much like Allen Robinson's a little here and there, but they're not as rocky, right? Yeah. Like they're very much like maybe this happens after the season. If not, all good. This is the one where it's like there's some tension. There's a lot of pain points getting this deal done, and so I don't really see this going. I don't see this getting done after the season either. No, I, I, I he's out. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a midseason trade. Like, if it gets to that point, that would not shock me with the way everything's looking. And especially, like, you see how much they got a new coach, a new quarterback. Like, this is a new team. So, if they're in this transition period and now there's – and I don't want to say drama because I understand exactly where he's coming from. Like, I don't think – He's being dramatic at all, but now there's tension. You're both on different pages. You didn't even respond to his last proposal. I I can see them just being like, you know what? New team, fresh start. Let him go somewhere he wants to go and let's just move on from this. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it it because he's really talented, but like, it's just a weird vibe and it's the Jets. So yeah. So we don't really, I mean, look, 
expectations for this season for the Jets are not, they're not astronomical. Just knowing the kind of rebuilding they're doing, it's new coaching, it's new quarterback, it's a lot of new factors. So this just isn't something that you need, right? Like, yeah. You need some consistency. And same thing, we're going to talk about Cam Robinson, and I think those are very similar situations. You're trying to rebuild this franchise, and these are more for consistency, right? Like, Marcus May is a fantastic player. He's definitely a top player in his position, but at the end of the day, I think consistency, veteran presence, someone who knows the system, is a little more valuable than people are giving it credit for, and I think that's that's where I struggle to understand why we're – being so flippant with guys that have been in your system, right? And I think that's, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I find locker room presence, culture, knowing the system, understanding, being able to walk these new guys through all that. I I find that very important. Yes, it is. Um. So yeah, that that that's an interesting one. I think people completely, uh, they don't realize how important the locker room that feeling is um and let me and i hate to keep coming back to this i'm still not over it eagles winning the super bowl that doesn't happen if that team wasn't on that same like we had no business doing what we did it was literally the vibes of that team having a brotherhood and doing that and coming together yeah and people don't realize that that's what makes things happen. And it's kind of like the Chiefs and the Bucks, like the Chiefs do so well because everybody listens to each other and everyone communicates. And if they don't, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, you're out the door. Like it just does, you don't, it doesn't work. There's no, yeah. there's no room for it. The Bucks are going to be riding this high and we'll see if it, I don't think it's realistically, I don't think it's going to bring them to another Super Bowl, but I do think they're going to have a good season. Like I think they're a great team. Um, yeah. So it just matters so much. So if things aren't clicking, move on. Like, don't try and force pieces that aren't working together because it's not worth it. Maybe they click eventually, but it's not worth th- the process to get there. Yeah, agreed. All right. You want to take on Cam Robinson? Yeah. So this franchise tag was really judged a lot and hated on. And I understand he was overpaid, not only for his position, but for his place in the standings at that position for the entire league. He's not the best tackle out there. He's not a top 10 tackle out there. So I think it's a little confusing. My perspective on this is he's just, like I said, consistency. He's a guy that's very vital to the health and safety of your rookie quarterback. And it's not about this year, right? And nothing is about this year for the Jaguars or for the Jets or for any team that's walking in with a brand new quarterback and brand new coaches and all of that. So I see this as a consistency contract or tag where you keep a guy that is a veteran in the space and he's not that old, but he knows the system. He's been there. He's worked with a lot of these young guys. And he was one of those young guys that worked with a lot of the older veterans. And he's going to be able to communicate all of that to Trevor Lawrence in a way that maybe someone coming in new wouldn't be able to. But again, $13.8 million is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Uh, 
maybe he gets good, right? We've seen ups, we've seen downs. We've seen him perform exceptionally well. And then we've seen him be like, what are you doing? Do you know how to play football? And there's really no in between. And I just hope he keeps Trevor Lawrence at least more on his feet and we get through this season. But a long-term, a long-term deal. I'm not mad that it's not happening. Yeah. No, I think it's fair. Let this play out. See how everything is going. And then take a look at it next year. Yeah. And everybody's rich and happy. Everyone <laughs> will be rich and happy next year. It's so no, crazy. It's And I feel like, like, think about it. There was an unprecedented amount of movement in general. The started last year this year especially now next year it's going to be in the back of everyone's mind everyone's switching numbers you can switch teams and now everyone's going to have a boatload of money like i think it's going to be insane yeah no i'm excited i think it's going to be fun i think this year even with i think the constraint of the salary cap has made things pretty interesting i think there's just a lot of movement. There's a lot of, like we mentioned last week, free agents that still don't have a home, which are yeah. pretty surprising. And then, you know, there's just a lot of teams tightening their purse strings. And we talked about some of those guys last week. Like the Saints really cut a lot of guys that otherwise would make really good placements on their roster. Yeah. But, um, you know, I feel, I feel like the Saints had it. They had to make like t- cuts that probably hurt them. Yeah, no like, doubt. No doubt. I'm nervous for the Saints. I'm nervous as well. And I think this whole quarterback (laughs) competition is so strange to me. I guess I get it because Taysom Hill has been that guy who's just kind of there. And, like, he's super flashy and that's great. He's also not a quarterback. And I'm just going to say that. He's not a quarterback for an entire season to be your QB1 from start to finish in a 17-week NFL season. And postseason, if that's your goal, which it's everyone's goal. Yeah. So especially for the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah. I I mean, I'll put it this way. Money-wise, the contracts that they gave Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, they set themselves up brilliantly to where whichever one fails, they're fine no matter what, like it's a tough year. They were in a tough position, no matter what, but they structured it where it's like, all right, we can figure it out this year, make all the cuts. We're kind of skin and bones. We'll get our long-term guy. And who knows, maybe it's neither of them. Maybe they don't yeah. like either of them. Um, and then they take it from there. Taysom Hill, he's been asking to be quarterback. It's kind of like that guy on like the high school team. That's like, put me in, put me in. And like you put, and you love them and you cherish yeah. them, but you just don't, I don't see him as a long-term franchise quarterback. He is a trick play guy. He is someone that is n- a necessary piece of their offense because he's so special. Wherever yeah. you put him in, they can utilize him for whatever. He's a little gadget. Like yeah. he's like that tool that you have that has like the wine opener and a bottle opener and a keychain. Like he's all in one, but to me, Jameis Winston has the most potential to actually rebrand himself and kind of make a comeback, but we'll see. I feel like it's, we'll that's going to be nutty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could go either way, but but yeah, I think just like those situations are interesting because of the lack of salary cap. I think next season is going to be interesting because 
everyone will get paid, right? Yeah. One way or another. It won't be like stick with this team and call it a day. It'll be like, you're going to get paid by someone. It might not be the team you're with, but someone will pay you because yeah. they have the money to pay you. And that's the whole thing. Like Taysom, Taysom Hill's contract is imaginary. Like if he, like it's, it's completely imaginary, yeah. right? Like you could cut him and pay him nothing. Like yeah. he's just very much like, and that, like you said, they've structured it brilliantly for what they need. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting pieces. There's a lot of moving parts, but we're so close to training camp, which thank God deep breath, because I just need, it just seems like every time we think there's nothing to talk about and there comes something comes up to talk about, it's not positive. Yeah. It's not the vibe that I'm looking for. I'm right. looking for more like Aaron, not Rogers news, like, and not, the stupid headlines that we've been seeing in the spec. Like I want a solidified, here's my thought process. Like I need something of structure or substance. And like the Russell Wilson news, like that was super exciting. Like when I say I want drama, I don't want Richard Sherman in jail. That is not what I was asking for. Not ideal. No, not ideal in the slightest. Not I wanted ideal. like a spicy last minute trade or like, who knows, but not this. This was not the plan. Yeah. Oof. We're almost and, there. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. Almost there. We have two weeks, and then we'll kind of get a feel for how the season's actually going to go, and then we're back to a normal preseason. Yep. Well, yeah. not normal, a three-game preseason. Three-game preseason, which is fine, because it always I, feels one week too long. Yeah. But zero weeks was not good. No, yeah, because oh. um, everyone and their mother uh, was hurt. And I think yeah. that mainly was because there wasn't, they didn't prepare their bodies. And like, it's not, it wasn't them. Like, they couldn't prepare their bodies as much. They didn't get those extra three weeks or four weeks that they're used to. Like, there was just so much different. And I think it really took a toll on everybody. So I'm definitely excited for a normal season. Um. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. There's still a lot we're waiting on. We will. We will. All right. Well, that is that's it from us today. Yeah. We did it. We did the thing. We did it. Kaylee's got a lot going on right now. She's moving. Yeah. She's her tire. There's I've got a uh, yeah. I've got a janky setup with no mic, no <laughs> no light, no no camera, no anything. So the show yay. went on. It did. It went on. We did it. We did another week. You want to tell them where they can find us, follow us, like yes. us, all the things. Yes. So you can find us YouTube and Twitch at Onside Chicks. Make sure to subscribe to us there. You can find us on Apple and Spotify, Onside Chicks. Make sure to follow. Both of those are follow. Follow. Yeah. Turn your notifications on. Give us a rating. Give us a comment. All that fun stuff. On Instagram, we are at Onside Chicks. On Twitter, we are at Onside Chicks Pod. TikTok, we are at Onside Chicks. I think we've hit all the bases. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Make sure to give all us right. a follow on everything. Do it. Yes. Or else. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Yes. Bye.